Get ready, cause it's about time for you to speak your mind. Secret Girls Club. Hey, hey, hey. What up? Super Secret Girls Club. <laughs> What's up, you guys? I am a super secret girl. Um. <laughs> secret three. Secret three. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's podcast time. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's the SSGC. Would you like to welcome them back? Yes. Hi, guys. Um, this is not how we plan to start this season, um, but um, here we are. We were originally going to discuss seasonal depression and how we are so glad that winter's almost over. I was literally going to bring mimosa and, mimosas and have a, a very happy morning. <laughs> oh, man. So, so uh, we can still talk I about guess, depression. Thanks, Russia. <laughs> is, is seasonal depression like when thanks, your depression's well-seasoned? No. No? Yeah, you know, you just, when you're feeling down, you just sprinkle some salt and pepper to complete the experience. <laughs> uh, I'm just not noticing that my microphone doesn't actually want to work with me, so. Oh, Sorry, no. guys, give me a second I'm here. I'm just going to finish pulling out the chat so we can see the chat. Uh, our man behind the camera, our guy in the chair, is out, so I'm double dutying it. If there's any problems, let me know how it looks, how it sounds, you yeah, know, what we're all about. Yeah, around here. So I'm going to be pulling it up on my phone. Also, for anybody who's curious, uh, one, I hope QPL stops through because this is literally happening in his neck of the woods. And also, Mm -hmm. uh, if this isn't Kiev behind us, let me know. Oh, my God. Because I'm like 50% sure. Well, hold on. We got to get through this commercial first. So let's do introductions. (laughs) It's like Amsterdam. Super Secret Girls Club, introduce us. Okay, guys. This is Super Secret Girls Club. We are back. Consider this an episode zero of season two because this is unplanned. Um, with me is joining two super secret girls. <laughs> pretty, we're, we're male dominating this. Uh, we're going to mansplain super secret gonna, girls to you guys. Male dominate the super secret girls. Are you mansplaining over there, Mickey? Because I got my legs so far apart that my balls are touching the chair. Oh, really? God. Let me try it. Uh, me try it. Okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, hi, guys. What up? Let me, right. can, can I, you? let yeah, me introduce, introduce you. Yourself. No, 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 no. Because oh. this is, this is the Super Secret Girls Club and ladies first. You guys, guys scoot in a little bit this way, even, 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 even up the, even up the. Uh, guys, I want to introduce to you, one, our illustrious host, the person who puts a lot of this together, two, a very beautiful mind and also a beautiful person, and three, my wife, the truest <laughs> Slav out here, Marketa Ruchichakova, a.k.a. Kettywop, a.k.a. Ruchi Kuchi, a.k.a. the Hesky. Chesky Chesky out here. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Hi. I, I hadn't heard two of those nicknames before. So now. Which one? Kenny? Uh, now Kenny I know Rock? how to introduce two. myself. Oh. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> I got you. Well, Hesky Chesky, uh, Hesky means cute, right? Yeah. And Chesky is, Hesky. you know. So it's like a thing that I've heard her Czech friends. They'd be like, ooh, Hesky Chesky. Like, oh, you're cute and you're from Czech. Uh, and then <laughs> also we've got the indomitable, uh, the Double cough man himself, uh, <laughs> cough man. the dad Double meme cough. guy off tops, <laughs> young Mikolaias Mikatsky, Mickey Verdi out here. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, and then it would be me, your boy, Trenoslav out here, young Chris Johnson, New Sense 88. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram. My pictures and music is cool. What up? <laughs> I love that you call yourself the Black Slav. 
You know, and I you were wear, wearing Adidas. Didn't even do it on purpose. Did you do that on purpose? Hey. I did not. Aww, I'm wearing jeans on purpose. Do you guys want to know why? Why? Mm. Um, I, I didn't plan this, but um, I realized that I, after I put it on that like jeans is something that uh, was a form of protest if you wore jeans during the occupation in my country. Mm. So from like 68 to 89 almost. I mean, at that point it was loosened. The rules loosened up, but at the height, like 80s, hmm. if you wore jeans, you're basically saying that you are with the West. You know what I mean? Well, I wonder if that's also <laughs> like, you know, like punk culture and like goth yes. culture. Like they have like the patches and the, and mm-hmm. the denim jackets. <laughs> I wonder if that's yeah. like the same influence. Because you're, you're, you're kind of like communicating and channeling that you have an identity on your own. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not a part of the group. Yeah. Speaking of, Mickey, are you familiar with the occupation of Czech Republic? Well, I'm sorry, Czechoslovakia at the time? Um, at the time? Yeah, it was called Czechoslovakia at the time, but they were oh, occupied. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The name changed and everything. Yeah, but, but are you I, familiar I, I, with the occupation? No, I do not know the specifics. Why don't you tell them about how the movie Polishki ends? Polishki? Update us. Okay, so Polishki well, is... Well, I mean, not specifically on Polishki, but update us on the occupation. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to just loop the movie into it. So I want to recommend everybody, uh, if you guys are interested in learning more about not just what's happening overseas right now, but also about their culture, I will share with you some um, uh, creators, some music that you guys can listen to, to kind of like get acquainted with who those people are. But also, um, I do want to talk about Polishki because it's a great movie. It was made in Czech Republic, um, and it's basically about the period leading to the year 68, which is when uh, Russian forces invaded uh, my country Mm. and took over the government, uh, which is basically the thing that's happening in Ukraine right now. Topical. Um, In this movie, uh, we're following a group of teenagers and their parents. So it's multi-generational kind of slice of life movie Mm. Um, uh, from like, I think it's an overspan of two years and kind of like what happens in their lives. Um, at the time when they're living their lives prior to the occupation, we are already um, under communism because uh, we have elected the Communist Party to um, you know, lead us. Um, and at first it was good. <laughs> Everything was fine. Um, some of the leaders were more uh, gung-ho about communism than others, you know. Um, we had a period called the Prague Spring, which was a big kind of everything was much more accessible, like information flowing from all sides, um, cl- like clothing, resource, all kinds of resources flowing. Um, and uh, some people did not like that. And they just kind of called Russia and was like, hey, we are too loose. <laughs> Come put us in order, and they did. <laughs> uh, I put the spelling of Polishki there. If you're looking for it in English, it's also called Cozy, Cozy Dens. C O Z Y D E N S. Cozy Dens? Cozy Dens. You know what a den is, right? Yeah. Yeah. We used yeah. to have a den. People don't have dens anymore. Yeah. In fact, it's not a, you know, <laughs> not a room you need. Yeah. <laughs> Just like people don't have foyers anymore. Once <laughs> yeah. you're fancy, I guess. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah, man. Can I say something? Oh, no, I mean, I, it's, you know, we're going to be talking about some heavy things today, so. Yeah. 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 Well, can I talk more about the movie to kind of lead into it? Yeah. Because I, I know Mickey likes movies. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so check it out. Here's the thing about this movie. All right. Uh, as in a, a good old uh, American watching it, it's uh, it's fun. You know, 
there's this whole kind of stipulation with like foreign films where they're kind of older and slower. I think the thing that I like about Polishki is that, and I'm still haven't watched it with my family yet, but I want to, is that uh, you get a sense for Czech humor, which is, excuse me, kind of glib and kind of dark. Like uh, a lot of their jokes are very, it's a, you know how British humor is kind of that blunt humor. Yeah. It's that mixed in with like some hardcore darkness. <laughs> like um, there's like two suicide jokes in this movie. Like this kid puts his head in an oven and he's trying to kill himself. And the family's like, oh my God, he's dead. The dad's like, it's a fucking electric oven, idiot. <laughs> so like shit like that. Gotcha. Or like uh, someone tries to hang themselves in the gazebo and the whole gazebo breaks. Yeah. Then I'm just like fuck. I can't do anything right. It's and um the neighbor. The neighbor is just upset because the gazebo's broken now. He's not upset because somebody's trying to take their lives. Yeah. <laughs> so you said there's like multi generational perspective. So it's like you know how yes. like where the young people think about this, where the mm -hmm. older people. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I and like it's that. um obviously because it's leading up to the very, uh, very topical to the um invasion of Czech. It's uh so some of the people are like more pro West, some are more pro East, and. It's a very interesting way that like people kind of go about it. There's a lot of cool imagery. The movie ends. I'm getting cold chills thinking about it. The movie ends with this really cool shot of like this girl doing something that's really symbolic. And there's also a character in there who yells until he fucking dies. <laughs> Just like you see him yelling and you're like, there's no way you end this movie without having a heart attack. Yeah. Like the second you see this dude, he's just like, it's funny at first. And he just keeps going. And you're like, bro. <laughs> But How are you yeah. maintaining that energy? Dial it back. He must have lost his voice for like it's a few a weeks. But that movie. this is why art is important because mm -hmm. like art is honestly where you're going to get all viewpoints represented. Yeah. You know, if you're listening to the media alone, that's a narrative, fam. That's a that's a stage play right there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter which side you're listening to, what channel you're on. You're never getting the full truth. Yeah. They're they're showing you what they want to show you. So I think that's you know. Movies like that are important, and music. I mean, it's it's usually the artists. Like, if you think about even the you know conflicts that have ever happened here, and all the music and all the art that came out of it, it's timeless, and we always go back to it. And, and it's unfortunate, man. History really just keeps repeating itself, and it's it's very yeah. scary what's happening right now. Um, I do also want to add in this movie, um, one of the families that we are following have relatives in Russia. They come to visit and we hear them being mentioned multiple times before this happens, before the end um, and the occupation. So like that also kind of like indirectly tells you that we are interconnected, like mm -hmm. we have inter like national relationships and families. Um, the same just like in Ukraine, like Russian people and uh, Ukrainian, they form families together. It's mm -hmm. very jarring that this war is happening right now because of that specifically that alone yeah because of how entrenched these cultures are they are not that different they, the differences between the cultures are so small <laughs> and it's to crazy. that same note there's a region in czech that during world war ii was like heavily german it was like a mix of german and czech people Sudeten. yeah um i guess i'm gonna try to wing this and remember what happens but after the <laughs> war like Aren't all those people killed or like moved out of their land, even though they would have been Czech people who just have German culture and heritage? So this is one of the most controversial parts about Czech history. Um, and a lot of Czech people are unwilling to acknowledge that what we did was wrong. Um, so basically, um, after the war ended and, you know, all the atrocities that the Germans have caused, um, they basically laid claim on our country because around the border, 
a lot of um, German people lived. It was called the Sudetenland. Uh, and you guys, if you are history buffs, you're already ringing all the alarms because you know what happened. Um, but basically, all that those lands um, after the war uh, were reclaimed by Czech people again. Mm. And there was obviously a lot of bad blood and a lot of uh, revenge seeking that led to a lot of um, death and a lot of innocent lives lost on German side. And yes, there were innocent German people who absolutely didn't want anything to do with this fucking war, just like there are innocent people um, on the Russian side. I mean, we saw the protests. I don't know if you guys saw, but Nobody yesterday there were protests in like Kremlin, mm -hmm. um, in Vladiv like in all kinds of St. Petersburg, all major cities in Russia were protesting. And, and they're shutting them down. Protesting in Russia is life-threatening situation that <laughs> yeah, you're putting yeah. yourself into like, that's a bold <laughs> absolutely and there were massive amounts of people considering the, the dangers and the risks that come with it so yeah. clearly this war is unpopular yeah you had the news on right before we started this like they're they're also just like shutting them down as, fa as fast as they can that's what really sucks about this is like nobody that's just living a regular life wants this to be happening no. You know? Right. And and now all these sanctions that we're putting on Russia, like ultimately that's just going to hurt the people that live there that yeah. don't want this to be happening. <laughs> I think know? the plan is is to hurt the people that are living there until they're pissed off enough at the government that they bitch about it and just make it unfeasible. But it's, then that's it's uh, only think, gonna it's gonna radicalize people. It's, and it's a radical thought even still to be like we're taking back Ukraine. The only way, in my opinion, to sanction properly is to sanction. Yeah, turn your mic. Sorry. I just want people to hear you. Oh no, the mics. She is loose. <laughs> Too loose. Sorry, guys. This is this is real life shit here. Where's the where's the dot? I think you're taking I'm it off. Loosening it. Loose <laughs> <laughs> like Chris. Oh no. Professionals. Yeah. Shut up, Pat. <laughs> Pat's always. What do you guys think about China? Should have been asking what we think about Russia this whole time, Pat. I get it. Oh, right. just making sure. Oh, there you and go. it's gone. beautiful. Well, I lost my condom. It's okay. You just have to speak into the unsafe podcasting. The dot. Hello from Ukraine, normies. Oh, you're about to get a bunch of questions asked from you. Don't tell. Oh, Charua. Hi. I'm glad we you are still literally have, talking uh, about you. Internet. <laughs> oh yeah, I was. Aren't, aren't okay. they in danger of like losing all their communication? And yeah, I mean that's yeah. gonna be a thing a war is gonna want to want to do. This is fucked. Charua, tell us if you're safe. <laughs> Where are you right now? No, don't tell us where you're at. No, don't tell us where. Okay, fine. I mean, th does it matter? Is In Ukraine? I don't fucking know. I don't know. KGB uh, is listening to our be... podcast after Chernuha. Uh Someone could be listening. Chernuha could be doing some dissidents, could be doing some rebellion, could be doing some resistance. Okay. If that's the case, don't tell us. Well, uh, don't tell us. What, what were you saying about sanctions? Sanctions. sanctions. Okay, my opinion, uh, sanctioning like economy broadly in Russia does nothing but hurts the people. Like you can't be doing that because there's already lack of resources. Russia is not a very, like the GDP of Russia is not very high. It's not a good life <laughs> in Russia. Especially. I mean, it's probably like an average uh, for most for most people. But it's people. really big too. But it's it's a giant country, so obviously resources are probably must mismanaged as fuck. Point is, putting up sanctions against like 
necessities like gas or something like that, which is what Russia is doing to Europe. It's, it's just bad for the people. What I think should be happening is, and I think partly it is already happening, um, sanctions on like banking systems, especially the banks that are used by the very, very rich oligarchs. Because they do get They are not, mind you, even mostly living in Russia. Most of those like rich, powerful oligarchs living overseas, like Italy, somewhere by the beach, and uh, I think that all those assets that they have should be seized and frozen. Well, um, I'm saying go, go ahead. And because, I mean, unless those people that are in power and can actually, like, have a direct line to put in and can talk to him and, like, be pissed at him, unless that, that part of Russian citizens are hurting, and they will not hurt if you just do broad sanctions, mm. then, then nothing's going to happen. I... Um... I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on here. And I think the reason you're right, that's probably what should happen. But I don't think that will happen because we probably have our feelers in that money some way, somehow. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we're, we, I mean, the powers I that mean, be, whether you're talking about like whatever country, like the powers that be, they have their own fucking WhatsApp chat group. You know what I mean? Like they, they know what's really going on. So the sanctions that <laughs> they the, talk on WhatsApp. The sanctions <laughs> that need to happen won't happen because we ourselves probably well, less than that too, connected uh, some way somehow. Billionaires are insulated. So even like if you're a billionaire, somebody just said losing a couple of millions is not a big deal for a billionaire. Like billionaires are right. going to be the kind, their money is going to be so insulated but, and so tied to where what's happening in the entire world that like they'll be like, whatever, I got futures in fucking bombs that they're going to drop anywhere. Like, fine. Yeah. I don't I don't think this is just about the money though because it's also about like loss experiencing loss even though it's not like affecting you financially it's about like the ego mm -hmm. you know what I mean like you are some somebody's taking things from you and you're you have so many things because you're fucking hoarding money like it's gonna hurt you on like an emotional level you know what I mean right yeah uh, but, but that's what I'm saying. They won't do that because doing that will probably hurt us in some way. Like their money's probably tied up with us somehow, some way. And it's like, ah, we can't, oh, yeah, we can't I mean, test this person because if we hurt him, we hurt ourselves type thing. You know, there is I mean? there is definitely a reason why a lot of media have been kind of pro-Russia even after what happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, like there's no other reason why they would be doing that unless they're taking direct profit from it. I am so sorry. Yeah. We need to take 10 seconds. Why? I have to fix What is wrong? <laughs> so I fucked Can up. people hear me? They can, but I fucked it up so much. It's fine. I'll deal with it. No, you you are the... All right, there we go. <sighs> we fixed it. It was a systemic issue, and I fixed it. Listen. Sorry, guys. Um, I wanted to say, too, I think that it's um, kind of ridiculous, too, that... And, and maybe it's not. For me, it seems ridiculous. I'm willing to admit that... Um, I don't know. Maybe there is some truth in this, but in a really terrible roundabout way. But people are like, if Donald Trump was in office, this would never happen. And it's like, I think yeah. it's kind of an American centric view to think that who we have in office super really dictates what's going to happen around the world. Because once again, so like the they case. took Crimea, but Donald Trump is cool with Putin. Biden did have uh, his son was some fucking engineer or, or running some power plant or some shit in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So I don't fucking know, but I don't also see it that way i don't know it seems like a really like that seems super tinfoil hatty to me and if that is the case and it does turn out that that's some shit or this is russia's long ploy to get donald trump reelected, that feels 
<laughs> no. weird. <laughs> like that doesn't. Yeah. So there was. But who knows? I'm just saying that for me, it doesn't seem feasible, and it seems like a really American-centric view of the world to think that who we have in office really dictates yeah. what <laughs> another... Because, like, I know that we think that we have a cap on Russia. Putin does not give a fuck, has continued to not give a fuck. My man was a KGB agent who was essentially going to be president for life over there. I yeah. can't really think a man like that gives too huge of a shit about, like, what's really happening. Yeah, yep. I know he's useful for him, but I don't know that that means that Putin wouldn't try to take more territory. I, uh, man, this is, I mean, I think this is a struggle for like, who's the next superpower, man. Like that, again, you say it's a very American centric view to be like, no, we're number one. I mean, but that's it though. It's not necessarily the case anymore. When it comes to military straight up, like Mm. we've got, we are the number one and number two largest air forces. Our air force is huge. And then our fucking Navy is so huge that it can be considered an air force. I really think that we have spent so much incredible, stupid fucking amounts of money into our military that I am pretty solid on. We're going to be able to win a war, but it's terrible. It's unfeasible. And I was listening to uh, Bo of the Fifth Column. I was telling Marquette about this. And so let's say the U.S. gets involved militarily and we push Russia out of Ukraine with force. Right. Then we've pushed Russia into Russia. What do we do then? Because we're not going to try to depose Putin, we're not going to try to kill Putin so that mm. there could be a new leader in Russia because the second you cross into Russian land with one nuclear superpower and another nuclear superpower, then it's nuclear war. So, yeah. like, that can't happen. And pushing him out of Ukraine means that he'll just try to do it later. So, there's like, See that? as much as like we do have all the guns and weapons to win a war, it's checkmate all around the board. So, it's very, those kind of fights don't matter anymore, it feels like. Um, it's very scary. Those three words are uh, very scary to me now. Like the, when you said that can't happen, and um, I, I've mm. been I've been saying that to myself since like Trump was running for president, and he's like, ah, he's running for president. Oh, okay, oh, okay, he's gaining some traction. But I mean, come on, come on, that's not really gonna. It's like everything that we've been thinking isn't gonna happen has happened <laughs> so like i don't i agree with yeah. you you know what yeah. i mean like even now people are i mean all this leading up to ukraine people are like yeah but they're not they're not really gonna do it wrong and if they do we're not gonna let them like it just feels know, like just, nuclear just war like, doesn't it literally doesn't benefit anybody well the sad and unfortunate thing is that we heard putin yesterday say that he is ready to use unimaginable force I mean, people threaten that shit, though. I think there's a... And the thing is, is that I do think Uh. that... I really think, and I apologize to Ukraine, but I think the world is going to let Ukraine stand on its own. I think Ukraine's going to lose because Russia's way bigger. And I think that Ukraine will be like Czech was and just have lost its sovereignty for the foreseeable future. Hopefully, they're able to get it back. No. But, I mean, I think that that's the most playable out instead of the world being like... When we did World War II, no one knew what could happen. And now it's like, we all know what could happen. So the whole world is reluctant to go to nuclear war and no one's going to win from that. No one. So Mm. I feel like the world would just let Ukraine fall before it would risk itself. This this might not come down to like winning or losing. It's like Marquetta said, it might just come down to ego and the, you know, the the people that control the button. It's literally what this game, what this war started with because nobody, nobody wants this war. Nobody wants this war. I repeat it one more time. Nobody wants this war. Nobody in Russia and nobody in Ukraine wants this fucking war. Like Nobody here wants this, I don't I, think. There are so many Russian 
co like Russian Ukrainian families, like my, my mother's Russian, my my dad is Ukrainian. Like you hear that all the time. There's like those people are bilingual. Mm -hmm. They, it's the the. Oh, I'm not saying that there are no problems internally in Ukraine. You know, people were talking about some elements of Nazism they and, a lot and of corruption too. and corruption and yes we all got a lot of fucking corruption every country has those kinds of people that take it too far and they are ultra militaristic and they are very patriotic and those people do not represent ukraine the president right now is jewish as as far as i know so like you can't be saying that that the ukraine is anti-semitic or things like that mm. which which is the narrative that putin is trying to push like, I think that one of the most dangerous things happening right now is all the um, like the f fake news and the propaganda that's like floating around. Where um, a lot of news outlets they have tremendous responsibility to get things right because once they do not, they will be discredited forever. And like I saw yesterday, because I had to take the day off, I couldn't focus on anything, and I was just watching. And like there was there would just be like random videos popping out from like 2014 or from like um like just just a military show and they would portray it as like this is happening right now but it's like get do not share this unless you know and as news outlets you have the responsibility to check that it's not our responsibility it is too i mean obviously now that we know but but that you guys be. are incompetent we have to check ourselves mm -hmm. yeah. but please do that for us like well i mean it's a bit you know that that's the thing it's like whether you're watching cnn or fox like oh no don't mm. yeah. so i did want to actually talk about this because i wanted to ask you guys what are your like favorite to go sources for this type of information well, before we jump to that can i mention one what? thing so i did want to mention too with what you guys are saying about people's egos that it takes more i know that one person has their hand on the switch but it takes a group of people to launch nuclear bombs uh, I wanted to give a shout out to the motherfucking homie, uh, Stanislav Petrov, who is a Russian man who during the Cold War, he was on a nuclear powered submarine Sage. and they were getting the um, fucking the codes, from the codes to go to shoot the missiles because it looked like Americans had shot our missiles, but we didn't. There was just a bug in the fucking system. And instead of launching nuclear bombs, came down to one entire human fucking person <laughs> to keep the whole entire world from going to nuclear war, who wasn't a president, all right, who wasn't a very quote unquote powerful person the way we think, and he didn't. He held off. He used judgment. Mm -hmm. He did the one thing that we think people can't do when they're up against the wall. But I think, but is and I next, hope, is the next guy. <laughs> I think <laughs> that he is acting in a heavy. rational human way, and I hope and pray that when it comes down to it, yeah. humans act in a natural. That's what I hope. That's what I hope. I hope that there's enough checks and balances on human life and human reasonability. Because, I mean, fuck. If that dude would have been like, they're doing it, so we're doing it, That's it. be fucked. That's we wouldn't it. even be here. That's hope. That's hope. That's what I have. Yeah. I'm a fucking shitball optimist with hope. Anyway, well, uh, news sources. <clears throat> yeah. Did you want to say something about oh, no, that? No, no, no. We can move okay. on. Shout out to Stanislav, bro. Yeah, Stanislav is the MVP. <laughs> we are here because of him today. <laughs> Straight up, that's why I'm like, is is the next guy gonna be level headed? You know, because like, because there's, because I'm sure a lot of the soldiers that are having to invade, I'm sure a lot of people in that military are like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do this. But I'm sure there's a lot of people that are also like, 
I have to do this. I don't have a choice. Well, you know, like <laughs> this is unconfirmed information. Um, I don't know if this is true or not, but I there were rumors that like one of the battalions, they like gave themselves up because they like had no idea that they were sent to. I guess like they still thought that they were just doing like a military drill, <laughs> and when they were sent to combat, they were like, no. <laughs> like we literally live here like you know those were like the, from the separatist groups like um mm. they didn't want to I, and i don't know again this sounds like a very naive um like i have i am so cynical that i have a hard time believing this happened also the source wasn't very trustworthy so i don't know if anybody can enlighten us more on this situation please let us know in the chat but um i also wanted to uh mention that there was uh, an island uh, zmea island uh, island of snakes the snakes uh, with only 13 people uh, on the Black Sea, 13 military personnel because it was and like a military was, uh, outpost, Ukraine base, uh, Ukraine base. Um, Russian um, uh, warship came by the island and were threatening to shoot at them. And the Ukrainian, 13 Ukrainian soldiers say, go fuck yourself. And then they died. Hmm. So RIP to the uh, Zmea squad. You guys are great. Also, the Zemea um, was very sad. one of the ships from Expanse. Yes. Look at that. See, that's what, uh, uh, going back to what you said, Chris, is like, we're only going to be level-headed when we know, like, oh, if I press this button, the planet's fucked. But, mm -hmm. all, the, but all these, like, you know, like the island thing, all the mm -hmm. bombs are dropping in Ukraine right now, like, <clears throat> people are comfortable pressing those buttons because it's like, oh, yeah. okay, a, a building full of people are going to die, but it's not the world yet. So it's just like... It's 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 fucked. <laughs> it is fucked, but I mean that's the kind of people shit that I expect. Um, I I'm just I mean people I'm, do I'm, shit. Like, I'm scared. We're from where people do crime often. The fuck the murder rate's crazy high here. So I understand what you mean. I'm just saying that when it comes to bigger than that, I I got hope in humanity. So yeah. we're talking about news places where we yeah. get our informations. So uh, yeah, I did want to just pass on some recommendations where I get my news, uh, and you guys can join in and uh, suggest yours. Basically, I just like, obviously, uh, Reuters and uh, Associated Press News is the driest matter-of-fact news that you can get. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a lot of context. It's basically just, this happened. Mm -hmm. Then you have to, like, from then, you have to do your own um, research. Um, I do listen to Democracy Now! almost every day. It's a great hour news source uh, where you can just get all of your news or they have um, highlights, which are only 10 minutes. So if you're pressed for time, that's a good way to get your uh, fill. Um, and I also wanted to check, uh, I wanted to uh, highlight that there are tools that you can use to fact check your information, even if you follow some other sources that you don't know if they're trustworthy or such not. As? Such as you can go to factcheck.org, you can go to snopes.com. There, there are so many other tools that you can use to verify the information you're getting. Um, so uh, I like to, my friend says I have a fetish for this and I don't think he's wrong. Uh, OAN, Newsmax, I really like to see what the far right, <laughs> I'm dead serious. No, 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 me too, me too. I like to too. see what the far right's talking about. <laughs> for too. instance, I'm on OAN right now and oh my bad i'm you sorry they what? haven't posted i do follow some uh some of those like pundits yeah on twitter yeah. and so, every time they tweet i'm just like shut the so fuck i got up. a i got a rumble actually to follow these places and they're not 
They're all on some what's, bullshit. What's Rumble? Rumble is like a alt right uh, YouTube. Uh, so it's where everybody like kind of abandoned YouTube <laughs> to come talk about this. And it's cool to see like what the other side's thinking. I really go there mostly for the comments because these people are commenting unabashedly. They're saying all the things mm-hmm. that we think about them. The far right is racist. This is no news for anybody else. But uh, I'll also kind of like pop into Fox News. But my regular shows of news are going to be like uh, we watch DeFranco like once a day. Uh, I listen to um, what's it called? NPR. <laughs> the one that I listen to every morning. Mm-hmm. I listen to NPR probably like every time I'm in a car. I usually am listening to NPR over music. And um, I'll just kind of try to read through when Marquette is watching Democracy Now. I'll check in on it. But I should. Uh, oh, the Trump social media is up and running. Please tell me about it because, yes, I'd like I to follow it. I think he talks about Rumble. Um, but what was the other one? Rumble. Uh, Parlor. Is it, is it Parlor. Parlor? Is yeah. It, does it still exist? I don't know how to use Parlor. Uh-huh. I've tried and Parlor was so confusing that I just kind of bounced. But I think it's especially in our country where we're so divisive right now, like you need to know what they're talking about. You need to understand their talking points and their points of view so that you can be up on just like a tertiary knowledge of it. Don't go into their rabbit holes because you literally don't have time to dismantle the arguments with them because it's going to be impossible. But just to know where their mind's at to get a feel for our country is what I do. And Uh, so truth social is the new app. It's just Twitter. Well, God damn. Hopefully they got that shit in the app store. The (laughs) alternate truth. So uh, that's where I go. Mickey, where do you got to get your shit? To be honest, man, before all this like Ukraine stuff started happening, like honestly, after Trump left office and maybe like a month or two ago, I was kind of just so exhausted with everything that I kind of just took a break. So I haven't actually I've been kind of blissfully unaware of like a lot of things, which is not good, but man. This last few years have just been so taxing that I just, I couldn't. You were absolutely right. Couldn't do it anymore, you know, but like, but when I do go back to the news, I, um, I I do the same thing as you, Chris. I I will, I will listen to both sides. Um, If I'm getting my news from a mainstream source, like CNN or Fox News, Mm -hmm. regardless whether I'm watching a left or a right channel, I'm going to take that shit with a grain of salt because. Mm -hmm. As you should. Because these journalists on TV, they're just they're just celebrities now they're just performers i i I don't think that mainstream journalism is real journalism anymore um so i like to also just scour youtube for like more of like the gorilla channels Mm -hmm. um Mm. oh yeah you know so yeah i wanted to say too that uh one to big appa check out the last thing that hassan posted a couple of posts ago i think it's like maybe two posts ago where he's talking about that he's literally mentioning the thing you're mentioning which is interesting but two Back during uh, Ukraine being uh, Crimea being annexed by Russia, I remember watching that, and I didn't have a proper job at the time, and I really wanted to be a video journalist, and I've been like, damn, like they're over there in the shit, they're making these videos, they're having to eat SD cards when they get caught, and it was all fucked up and crazy, but it felt like they were able to tell a story and make a difference, and I really liked that idea and i started following a bunch of those journalists and that's how i got turned on to like tim pool right who ended up becoming like this fucking mm-hmm. absolute nut job like i watched yeah. this man go from being like i'm a journalist and reporter to like absolutely shilling for the like yeah. conspiracy theory right <clears throat> and shit to make his money it's crazy how just some news sources on television are just it's just blatantly just not true anymore it's just like yeah. they're just like 24 7 of just 
bullshit. And it, it but you need to listen to that. If you're if you're like whether you agree with or anything, you need to be aware yeah. of, of the what bullshit the, the other people Cuz like all throughout uh, uh, college, um, the radio station, the most popular radio station here used to be like 93.1 and then they switched to 100.9 mm-hmm. because I don't know who the channel is, I guess um but anyways, all right. Basically, ninety three point one became the conservative radio station with like Rush Limbaugh and all that shit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And fuck I, that guy. And I didn't stop listening to it. I was just like, oh, this is interesting. So like, I spent a number of years every single morning. I would listen to conservative radio on my way to school, yeah. just being mad. Conservative radio is wild. It is wild. It's you know, wild. They love their facts and statistics, but they won't have a debate on why are yes. those why are those statistics the way they are right they, they just like to be like no well if you look at the statistics one of my favorite <laughs> ones is that uh they'll be like well 13 percent of the population commits 50 percent of the crime talking about black people and i'm yeah. like mm-hmm. so do you think that we have a gene that just makes us commit more crime or if the cops were around <laughs> you more often would they find more crime right exactly and it's, we're not talking about that we're just talking about facts so facts don't care about your feelings it, <laughs> and i hate that um I mean, even even now, I have to kind of catch myself because I'm I'm speaking very contentiously, and I, I, it sucks, man. Like I'm starting to like literally lose friends over this shit because like we can't, yeah, we can't have a we can't have just a conversation anymore. It's very contentious. I think it's it's very very contentious, and it's hard to have like a productive debate. It just devolves into us versus them very very quickly, and it's just. It's very sad. It's very, very sad. I want to add one small thing on that and then let Mark have to get back to her points. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. I really think, and I think I said this maybe a couple of podcasts ago, but it's going to be my whole notion for the whole entire year, is that I really think it came with climate change. And once one side was able yeah. to deny climate change, even though it was an existential threat that the majority of scientists said were real, once we were able to do that, that's when the division really started getting hardcore. Mm-hmm. Like the whole Obama birther thing was like some conspiracy theory, regular racism bullshit. But once like... My man was like, climate change is real. And then people had to be like, I don't like him. It's not real. And we need to refute this. Like, we start to get this, like, big rift where no one could agree on anything. And it's just gotten wider and wider and wider and wider. And I think it's because we have a huge education problem in the I country. mean, I remember, well, I remember the whole math. I'm sorry to cut you up. But uh, the whole mass thing, I remember the exact moment when that became a political thing is when Trump was just supposed to read the script. Be like, uh, wear your mask. Uh, I'm not going to be wearing one. but uh, you, you can should. if you want to. That was the moment. Yeah. Those few words. I'm not going to be wearing one. Bam. Done. Now it's, yeah. a, now it's a political thing. And he's so, I hold him solely responsible for the mass debate. Mm. Like I okay, there was also a point at the beginning of the pandemic where Fauci himself was recommending that people don't wear masks because they wanted, they needed the masks to stay in the hospitals. They mm, needed yeah. uh, essential workers to have access to those. Very, very again mismanaged. The the, the, the last mask, like the the system is basically built on scarcity, and so. Now that when when there suddenly was an influx in demand, they couldn't meet that demand. So mm-hmm. Fauci literally went on TV to tell people that ma- they don't need to wear masks, even though everybody in Europe at that point was wearing fucking masks. Mm-hmm. That was because we and, and now mask and now people are going back to them and be like, "Whoa, he's a, he's, not, he's a flip-flopper. Yeah, but it's so, it's not. That's what I'm saying. Like, I fucking hate Trump, but that, he's not the only person responsible for this bullshit. Everything is like fact-based now, but nothing is context-based yeah. anymore. Like, con- like facts need context too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, man. I get really just 
worked up when uh, it's just it's I'm just angry about the world and how it is and how us just trying to live our lives and you just trying to live your lives we're just yeah. what can we do you know we're just getting fucked i mean you we, we well, go i mean we're also are guilty of electing bad people in office i mean that is our responsibility the True. fact and the fact that we're given bad options is partially also on us because we just need to be louder protest vote yeah one day <laughs> yeah, for a I big mean, one but that takes everybody working together and it takes all sides knowing that the system's fucked, and the only way to get past that is to work together. But the fact that the Democratic Party offered us Biden as, as salvation is, yeah. is pathetic. Yeah, yeah. it's offensive. That, I like literally hated voting for Biden, but I had to, and yeah. I feel like a lot of people felt the same way. Same, yeah. It was the same thing uh, during Hillary and Trump. You know, it's like I didn't necessarily want to vote Hillary. Oh, I didn't I, vote Hillary because I literally was like, ah, eh, whatever. And yeah. then look at where we're at now. I had people mad at me. I literally lost Democratic friends because they're like, what the fuck? You threw your vote away? And I was like, first off, I live in Indiana, a pretty consistent red state. So <laughs> yeah. most of my votes are going to get thrown away. Uh, were you about to read something, Katie? Yeah, I was going to um, go back a little bit to our original topic. Um, we had a comment from Joshton83. This war, I'm talking again about the war in Russia, uh, in uh, Ukraine with Russia right now. Mm-hmm. This war isn't about people getting rich. This is horrible financially for the Russian people and Putin's circle with all the economic sanctions. It's about writing, writing history in Putin's view. Mm-hmm. Putin said that he views the fall of the Russian Empire and the Soviet Union as the worst event in history and wants to take back the lands he believes are owned by Russia. Shout out to John Harris. And, uh, I watched a video about that recently on his channel. Yes, this is accurate. And I did want to talk about the history because, I mean, I've lived part of it my parents lived a great part of it mm-hmm. um my grandmother as well so i am personally um <laughs> invested in this and um i did want to talk about like what do you guys are you familiar with the history actually uh, the history of uh, like the the rise and fall of the russian empire will you tell us about Sorta, that but i probably had the watered down american education behind it you know Tell us about that and the relations to your family, because I don't think your family's lineage is actually tied to the yeah. story and what's happening now. And I don't know if people know that, but I think you should tell them. Sure. Um, I will get to it, but I will start, start broadly by saying the uh, basically the, the, the Kiev, the reason why there is fighting in Kiev right now specifically, which is not part of, if you look at the map of Ukraine, the, uh, the contentious territories are on the very, very far east and down um, south in Crimea, um, which already has been taken and we just kind of became okay with that for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, But Kiev is in the middle, north in the middle um, of of Ukraine. And it's, it's being attacked right now because Kiev is considered to be the the birthplace of the Rus nation. Vikings. Uh, the Kievan Rus, if you remember Vikings, that um, sick mm. guy with a, yeah. <laughs> what's his name, Olav? Oleg. 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 Um, fictional character, but yeah. good, good representation. That's basically the cradle of um, r- the Russian like nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is why it's so important to Putin to retake that part. And that is the capital city of Ukraine. This is why this is such a big deal. Um, it's it's much bigger of a deal than like 
six years ago when he took Crimea. Because if you take the capital of a country, either the country has to move its capital and redraw its borders or that country is taken. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, basically, Russia has history with Sorry what the this. fuck is sorry. this? It's, uh, it's the trash <laughs> compactor. You're pointing up, sorry, guys. but it's down. It's down. It's like in the basement. It's, uh, we're going to be out of this building soon. Sorry about this. <laughs> <laughs> so Russia always has a rule of uh, has rule of monarchs and oligarchs. That's just been throughout. Uh, just the rich versus the poor has mm. kind of been demotive for hundreds of years. Could you until... tell us what an oligarch is? I'm so sorry. It's 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 a it's a person with a lot of money that demands power. An oligarchy is ruled by the rich. Yes. Mm. Sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. Um. Anyway, so this obviously led uh, this unequal um, situation has led to Lenin and the, the development of the communist ideology. Lenin took over in like I think 1917, um, and after him was Stalin. And we all know probably what happened there. There's great famine. Um, a lot of death. At that point, Russia was a giant nation. And they just kept on expanding. Um, I think at that point, even Mongolia and like certain um, middle uh, Asian countries like uh, Kazakhstan and those countries were part of the Eastern Bloc. And as, as it was spilling downward towards like China and those countries. It was also spilling westward towards my country. <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, Ukraine was part of it at that point already. Then we had Belarus and then Poland, Czech, you know, Slovakia, Hungary, all those countries. Um, that was a giant, giant empire. Um, and because of the far, far historical significance of Kiev, as well as the more recent history and the losses that they experienced in Putin's lifetime, mm -hmm. he still feels right to those lands, mm -hmm. which does include my country. About my personal history, my grandmother actually was Ukrainian. She was born in Lvov, which, which is, is close. very close to... Um, uh, Hungary, it's on the east, oh, sorry, it's on the west of Ukraine, um, but it's actually very close to Chernobyl, um, I think. Chernobyl actually was also taken by Russia yesterday. I don't know why that is concerning. Maybe they're um, going to clean it up, surprisingly. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> um, Look at that elephant's foot. And my grandma, um, the only reason I'm Czech and not Ukrainian is because my grandma was forcibly taken by the Germans for Zywerk camp. Um, and then uh, she met my Czech grandfather there, and then they got married and moved to Czech. So that is why I'm Czech. But um, can I also bring up one other interesting fact? What? Uh, aren't both of your grandparents have the same name? Both sets of grandparents, or do, is it your both of your grandpas have the same name? No. What, Yosef? Yeah. 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 You got two grandpa Yosefs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very popular name. Um, Klistov. <laughs> um, and so. The um, war ended, and then uh, there was a period of brief prosperity. Uh, then we decided that communism was the way, which wasn't bad at first, like I said. Um, and then my my parents have lived through the invasion and all that. And, you know, the funny part is that a lot of, like, Eastern Bloc, um, older generation is experiencing this 
now, like thinking back on it in a nostalgic way. Hmm. So there are actually a lot of people, including my own parents, that um, have very selective memory. <laughs> and they like to think, they like to remember the good things. And it did, so like a lot of the social systems and the safety nets we have right now is are the remnants of our social communist past. Mm-hmm. And th- it's good for the people, but everything in moderation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, like there they, were my parents, of- my parents specifically like to not remember the repressions and the like the the freedoms that were taken, the lack of resources, the mm-hmm. fact that they had to spend hours waiting in lines just to get bread. They don't like to remember that. You know? <laughs> but we <laughs> had bread. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, I think that selective memory thing. And plus, too, you were telling me about some other things that we won't super go into culturally about how like communism worked, where if you were different or separate, like you really couldn't be a part of things. Yeah. Like uh, you were telling me that you knew somebody who probably needed like a special system of education and didn't get it because like they couldn't and like it wouldn't have been yeah. allowed or like. I mean, so having a disability or being gay or choosing to wear jeans even is just unforgivable. And you just can't participate in society if you if you make these choices or if you were born a certain way. Yeah. So, not good way to govern people. Fun fact: I would also say that while um, mild political stuff, uh, while like that kind of extreme form of communism is shitty, when you think about communism as being the party for the workers and that the majority of people are workers that in that way it starts to make sense. But then when you see people implement it and take it too far and do things that are really shitty, it's bad. Same with socialism. Too much socialism is bad. Ba ba ba, which would lead to the too much capitalism is also bad. What if I said balance was Mm. key? But it's also about absolute power corrupting absolutely. Yeah, and don't jump down my throat on that. Just hear it, listen to it, go read some. I don't know, (laughs) I'm not a fucking communist. I mean, yeah, I mean, there has to be something, man, because, like, the divide between rich and even middle class is, like, we're not even rich versus poor. Like, literally rich versus, like, it's it's either you're extremely rich or you are living, like, (laughs) essentially paycheck to paycheck. Like, it's the notion of, like, a comfortable life is straying further and further away. Yeah, and I mean, like, America became a strong powerhouse uh, for capitalism because... If you had a business where you were selling a product and your workers, you didn't have to pay them, and you did that for generations, you would be filthy rich. Slave labor built this country, and because we didn't have to pay for it, we're able to get filthy fucking rich. Mm-hmm. That's not even a controversial opinion. That's just economics 101. Yeah. So um, turns out capitalism could be bad too and used to do bad things, and I think people don't really tie capitalism into slavery when they talk about it but it's there yeah i think personally i'm a big fan of regulations because i don't think that people have enough goodwill especially when it affects their pockets to make the change themselves Hmm. i think if there is an environmental threat in certain industry it needs to be fucking managed by the government like it not not managed by the government but there are certain Certain rules have to be fucking followed, and You're, if they're not, there has to be consequence that is felt by this industry. You you are pro-regulation. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, man. I 
saw this doc. I mean, the the first time my eyes were open to like you know regulation and deregulation, I was pretty young. I mean, in my teens. Maybe. Yeah. It was in 2008, 2009. I don't know how old I was then. You would have been, we'd have both been graduating. Uh, it'd been your second year of college. Okay. So still pretty young, right? So I, I, and, you know, just getting into my adult years kind of. So now I'm like, oh, maybe I should start watching the news and stuff. You know, <laughs> like, oh, I got bills and responsibilities now. Maybe I should know what's going on around me. So I watched this documentary uh, called Inside Man or Inside Job. Yeah. And it was good all, movie too. It was all about, um, it was all about the 2008 collapse. It was all about like yeah. what, what led to that, and it was deregulation. And like the big short. Yeah. You want to hear my one regulation story that's annoying? Yeah. Me and Marquette were on this train ride going to Colorado, and it snowed. <laughs> and so the train was taking much longer to get to Colorado than it was supposed to. Yeah. And so a uh, train uh, staff has to change, I think, like every 12 hours. 16 hours. 16 I hours. Is the max they can and so, the, the, so we're sitting in this snowstorm in the middle of fucking uh, like Nebraska. We're bored on this train, and we've been on it for it's supposed oh, to be an 18 man. hour trip. That would have been really cool. But it, it, it was, was nice. actually really it was cool. cool. We yeah. got free dinner and everything. But the train ride was supposed to take 18 hours. It took 36 and on the like 16th hour the train conductor was like well guys we have to stop and wait for our replacement crew to ride another train here to meet us because of these regulations saying that we a very well done staff can't drive for more than 16 hours and i was like in this sense i'm kind of annoyed but also how many trains have gone off the tracks because one of you sleepy motherfuckers didn't know what you're doing like Isn't there like a team of people like can't they just like hey you take a nap now like, so that's what i was that's thinking I was that it would be like nice if they had like a conductor or a driver who did a sleep rotation but and, for whatever reason that wasn't the case and are trains not as complex as airplanes where it's like a lot of it is like auto you know no i don't look i don't know i don't know also airplanes like not, i mean they I'm do the sure, same for i'm sure it's not old school like shoveling they do the same for like a, <laughs> uh, airplane pilots they don't need to be up that long you know they probably have their sleep regulation too but it's like in that case as a passenger i'm like yes i'm annoyed but also i mean i would rather get there later <laughs> than for safe. every one in 100 trains to crash because of some sleepy motherfucker so whatever oh man well i think this specifically is uh has stemmed from unionization of uh, government workers. Yeah, which people which, don't like unions because of propaganda. Unions yeah. literally benefit Again, you. Like, yeah, and, and union is something, unions are something that was, uh, th that's a social socialist slash communist concept. And this it's a good idea. Eight hour work week. Every, every theory of economy has some good and some bad ideas. Right. And like mixing them together is probably the best thing we can do and every single yeah. one of those can also be exploited as uh, well obviously season two obviously. of the wire yes one of, that's why i fuck it because you're like hey unions are a good thing and then you also see them exploit that and you're like well Ooh. maybe if we could be involved in that better i wouldn't be able to get exploited which is cool 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 shit oh, yeah. so um i did want to showcase unfortunately we don't have like excerpts or anything because we didn't have enough time to prepare this podcast um but i did want to recommend some artists uh from ukraine that you can check out they have good music um and uh hopefully that will help you get acquainted with ukrainian culture um and uh and have a closer understanding of what they're fighting for we should also shout out the the game studio Oh, yes. Uh, I'll, I'll pull it Can up. you pull it, yeah, up? I'll pull it up? All right. So my first uh, recommendations of uh, an artist you guys should check out is Ruslana. Uh, and I wanted to mention that Ruslana's uh, family is mixed. She is part Ukrainian, part Russian. Spell that for me. Ruslana, R-U-S-L-A-N-A. 
R-U-S-L-A-N-A. You can also use this keyboard right here, you know? Okay. Um, <laughs> never mind, I'm not logged in, actually. See, yeah, that's why I didn't use it. Um, so Ruslana is a very important performer for the Ukrainian people because she represented Ukraine uh, in Eurovision. She also has multiple songs that have gone um, international. Uh, she's very successful that way, um, but also she has been very outspoken. Uh, she has multiple protest songs and she has been very present during the Maidan Maidan protests um, back when Crimea was being taken. Uh, she was literally sleeping on the sidewalks because they were calling her every hour to sing the Ukrainian national anthem. And she was there with the people playing piano Damn. and singing the national anthem. That was dope as hell. She was there for weeks in the middle of winter. Um, and she is amazing. So check her out. Uh, she has pretty cool music and her life is super impressive. She, she also was briefly in parliament. Nice. And uh, in the European Parliament as well, if I'm not wrong. And now she works with the green energy industry to promote uh, wind energy. So she is a really good person. <laughs> um, my next recommendation, I don't really like this music, but I think that this band is super cool. Pussy Riot's fucking dope. It's Pussy Riot. Um, <laughs> They're like punk as fuck. I, don't I absolutely love it. Have you I was heard like, of that, them? Sounds, that sounds pretty punk. Have you heard of them? I have not, no. Um, so Pussy Riot is a collective uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of performers. It's not really a, one band uh, with like a stable crew. They're all wearing these colorful balaclavas on their faces and like colorful dresses sometimes also literally <laughs> running around topless with like fuck putin written yes. on their breast <laughs> yes I bet that's a they go to jail show. often I've done <laughs> they so yeah a lot of uh, i think three of them are considered prisoners of conscience by the un because they're they were imprisoned for performing inside of one of the like orthodox cathedrals um they were they were performing songs and then i think they got naked maybe in the church and so they got like um they got in prison for like defamation and for like anti-religious like hate hate mm. speech basically or something um they did that because putin has very close ties with the church um sure he does yeah. and th that is not okay <laughs> obviously separation of church and state is very important americans <laughs> um hey, we practice we, we preach it but we don't practice um, it all the time. <laughs> so pussy oh, riot is i don't think you can find their music anywhere you might be able to find some like youtube videos um but they don't i don't think they like have albums and shit they're just performers um but that's kind of cool yeah three of them were in jail for like two years over this uh performance yeah um that's hardcore man Speaking of prisoners of conscience, uh, you guys probably know Mr. Navalny. Uh, he's, Alexei. Uh, Alexei Navalny. He's the uh, leader of the opposition in Russia. Um, the only viable opposition at this point to Putin. Uh, he's also in jail. Oh, didn't they uh, poison him on an airplane on the way to Berlin? They also poisoned him with Novichok when he was in Britain. So, and that... Putin never acknowledged that, that that happened. Yeah, even though Novichok is like the calling card of like the KGB. KGB, yeah. Yeah. Um, he has, I don't know if that YouTube channel still exists, but at some point he has like million followers on YouTube and he was making like, he's a, he's a comedian too. So uh, there are videos of him just like making fun of Putin 
on YouTube. That was great. Um, and uh, lastly, and this 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 band is not really like uh, politically involved in any way, but Goa uh, is the last Ukrainian band we all were uh, watching in Eurovision. I mm -hmm. think you were in that reaction video as well. Maybe. Um, their music is dope. They are kind of like an electric folk band. So they take inspiration from traditional Ukrainian music and turn it into like a popular, more digestible electric version. It's like folk EDM. Folk uh, EDM. The song <laughs> Shoom goes absolutely hard. I bang it at the pool. Yeah. Uh, I honestly thought it was a contestant for a possible winner of Eurovision. That shit went absolutely hard. Damn. It was great. Yeah. Dang, dang, dang. Yeah. Um, so I really, I, I really believe, oh, there's a bunch of movies and series that, you know, are Ukrainian production or any other um, production from the Eastern Bloc. I can go on, on forever about our production, but I won't. Mm. Just uh, cozy dance, cozy dance, watch it. It's great. Yeah. Um, it's all right. So yeah. I guess uh, here we are, uh, 2022. Um, the Cold War never really ended. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> it got way colder. I, so, but yeah, here, here's a so this should this should be a rule worldwide. <laughs> okay, whatever type of government you're from, after sixty, you can't be a politician anymore. Yeah, you got to go do something else. Uh, we're gonna say thirty to sixty. Yeah. Those are those are your Thir politics. Thirty years. to sixty, you can be a politician. After that, fuck off. I definitely go back agree groceries with that. at Kroger. Yeah, you know, because it's or like we we can have a good system for old folks. Old fucks need to leave. Leave. <laughs> I know what you were trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> Biden's too old to be a president. I think Trump's too old to be a president. Absolutely. I like I. Biden's president's way old too as old, fuck, man. bro. Biden, dude, it's no matter when I turn him on, like he's like literally slurring his speech. <laughs> like it's like he can't. He's Sleepy Joe was a great. There it was. Man. <laughs> I know that Trump has a lot of energy for an old person, but what he also has is a lot of ideas for an old person. Like exactly, he's got old people man. ideas. Like yeah, anybody you know that's an old person now has, especially in America, has participated <laughs> in some old school racism. Mm. Flat out, period. That's just how it is with old people. And it's like, look, I know you guys have a lot of cool ideas that we can implement, but also like some of your ideas are fucking terrible, and it's weird I'm that you're able to keep that shit around for this long. We're uh, we're passionate about this right now, but I wonder. If like when I turn sixty one and I'm gonna look at the younger generation, and be like, no, I know better. You know, like, will I be comfortable enough to be like, you know what I mean? We like, should I wonder, raise the. I wonder what my headspace will be, because like I do look at kids now and I'm like, man, this this isn't how things used but, to be. <laughs> I mean, that's it. But I mean, that's a product of getting older. I think one, if in our country we had better education better access to healthcare, killed the war on drugs, <laughs> that people, we would be raising a generation that we would be okay taking care of us, not just in our old age, but also taking care of the country politically. But instead, after 2020, shit's just gonna radicalize people, bro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I oh yeah, know. fuck Joe Manchin too. I'll fight that motherfucker. But no, there definitely needs to be a cap on politicians, man. They're like 100%. That, that will be... What I'll, do you what do you think about the famous proposal of battle royale? <laughs> just drop him in a Fortnite game. I can't believe <laughs> just, that the most rustiest ass motherfucker. Try our combat because he wasn't suggesting he fight. He was melting alive while he was saying that. Like, come yeah. on, you're made out of. And that's what's crazy. Just one Honey. year later, only one year later, everyone has just. We have HD 4K footage of everything that went down, and people are straight up like, 
Nah, it's not quite how it happened, though. Yeah. Nah, I don't think he ever said that. No, I um, think you're misremembering. He literally said that. <laughs> I'm not running for president. Thank you, Black Loki. But I do want to address Johnny. Johnny, I'm not saying I dislike old people or hate old people. I just don't just think that... They shouldn't be allowed to make rules. I think it's that not, after a certain age, you're not fit to lead. Just like I think before a certain age, you're not fit to lead. I'm, I'm, like, it's same not with young your, people. It's not your world anymore. I don't think... Yeah, exactly. It's, like, not, it's, not, it's not your life anymore. You're, you're done. I'm sorry. It's not that you're done. all... Old people are like just incapable of critical thinking. That is not what we're saying. But there is there's in certain inflexibility when it comes to like old people trying to change their mind. You can't teach an old dog a new trick. Nice idiom. It's just it's rare. We know this yeah. as a society. We created that. a phrase <laughs> that right. describes this phenomenon. I mean, and and. The fact that you as a person are supposed to fight for something that doesn't affect you because you're going to die. That is why, like, you're not motivated enough. Maybe you're motivated to fight for your children if you're a good person. And if the thing is, but, if fighting for them literally means insulating them from the bad things by making sure they have money, Joe yeah. Manchin, then why do you care about what happens to the world? Exactly. Like, people, like, politicians right now are so beyond unmotivated on global warming like the, the the green deal that we got is so washed down because of asshole mansion and the other bitch what's her name uh cinema cinema <laughs> fucking hate her she that like they, they literally ruined the entire plan and it was already a pretty washed down plan and now it has absolutely no balls and another um another problem because you know when when the whole impeachment trials were happening for trump and how everybody was like there's also a notion both on the left and the right that um although i will be biased and say that i feel like the left is a little bit more capable of critical thinking but that's just me. Uh, but anyways, what I'm saying, there's this there's this notion of like a unified, like, I'm on the right or the left, and this is the way my team thinks, so this is how I think. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a lack of individuality yeah. within the parties. Because when that was happening, and the people that were coming up and saying like, nah, I'm going to vote no for this impeachment, like, you could tell on their face that's not truly what they believe but that's mm -hmm. what they have to say or do in that moment to benefit the rest of their career it's and just then, it's, it's, there's yeah. just this notion of like i just that's why i never really found myself on either side because there's republican values that As you should. I, that i do resonate with and yeah. it's i I was so confused by that notion growing up. I was so confused by that. I was like, why do you have to be one or the other? Because there's things I disagree with on both sides and there's things mm -hmm. I disagree. And it was just so confusing to me watching politics, watching news and being like, it's like a template. Like it's a template. Mm -hmm. It's a template for each side. If you're on the right, this is who you are. If you're on the left, this is who you are. And there's just a lack of <clears throat> like individual thinking within each party that has always bothered me. Because yeah. I'm just like... Everyone's different. Everyone has different beliefs. Like, there's no fucking way that everybody on the right believes exactly the same things. I just, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, it's, it's always confused me. It's always very, very much confused me. Yeah. And I realized that uh, at some point, the reason why I don't like sports and I don't like root for teams is because of this mentality. And I, I just, like, can't, like, I feel like this is such, like, a good comparison to make because when you're, when you're like, rooting for a sports team... It, that's loyalty, right? And that's passion. 
why would you apply this with pol politics? That that is not. That it just makes no rational sense. But still, it happens. Like if you're basically like, what's happening right now in the Republican Party, feels to me like people fanatically hooligans following a football team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's fanatic because you have zero critical the one person that was critical Liz Cheney of Trump is no longer part of the party. Just get her out of here. She's literally no longer part of right? Yeah. Is she? I don't yeah. know. But yeah, no, no. She doesn't have a position she is anymore. Done. Like her career is done unless she joins the Republican Party the, the Democrat Party. I don't know. But that 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 kind of she mentality because she's not a democrat and i want to say also the same applies the same mentality i can see that in my parents as well because my dad he has always been kind of pro more pro russia than he would be like pro west like if you have to pick a side he's his nostalgia for as things were is always so strong that he doesn't look westward he looks eastward you know what i mean and like over time um as the world is starting more more and more polar, polarized, he also like leans more and more. And like I talked to him yesterday and I was like, tell me what you think right now, because there is literally no fucking way you can think that this is right. And he told me he doesn't think it's right. He doesn't agree with it happening. But at the same time, he told me that he thinks that the reason for it happening has grounds. Like from Putin, like wanting to not be threatened by NATO and blah blah blah, and I just like it's just like that. I I can't talk to you right now. I can't talk to you because See, you're just imagine this was my our country. You are there. You are literally one thousand kilometers away from where the fighting is happening, and it can come to your door too. How are you okay with this? How how are you justifying what's happening? Mm -hmm. It can literally bite you in the ass tomorrow. Here, it's, it's it's blissful ignorance. It's not. I mean, it, it's the same thing when the pandemic started. It's like ah, but it's happening in China. But it's just know? like I, he's like, unwilling. He has so much loyalty for his team. Yeah. yeah, That he doesn't want. He still, despite it's blatantly betraying him and his people. The only he just can't bring himself to actually condemning it fully. Yeah, yeah. The, the only legs I think that argument has is. If you look at it from a Russian standpoint and being like, if Ukraine, a place that in some Russians' minds used to be Russian and is also on the border, becomes a part of NATO, that their buffer in between non-NATO countries and NATO countries is now gone. They view NATO as a threat. America wouldn't let the Cuban Missile Crisis happen, for instance. So if you think about it from a superpower, like America being like, there's no way in fucking hell we're going to let uh, a nuclear armed communist country be this close. I've been to Cuba. Cuba's nice. But you see Tribalism. what I mean? Like that's that's the kind of thing where from that one standpoint, you can see that. But for that same standpoint, because I would have thought this way when I was younger. Now, I kind of think that Ukraine's its own sovereignty place. Like you got to let it happen. If America was going back to war over fucking um, Cuba because Cuba is arming itself with missiles and shit, I'd be like, I'm sorry. That fucking blows, but also Cuba has the choices to make its own fucking choices. You gotta let sovereign nations do what they're gonna fucking do. Yeah. And because Ukraine gave up its nuclear weapons, and now this shit's happening to them, no country on this fucking planet's ever gonna do that again. If I'm yeah. Iran, and we being like, we got the nuclear deal with Iran, and all that shit went sideways. If I'm Iran, I'm like, 
we need fucking nukes, yeah. which is terrifying because they could get taken over by fucking ISIS could pull some bullshit. Yeah. Who fucking knows what could happen? But if you're a country, you know that the only way you're going to keep people out of your fucking borders and the only way you're going to be able to do what you want to do and keep your sovereign like whole yeah. shit is by being a fucking nuclear power. Why would any North Korea is seeing this right now? And they're like, yeah, never. I, I am glad you're mentioning it because I forgot to mention that in my history overview. But this is true. In like, I think it was 94, Ukraine denuclearized itself completely mm -hmm. in exchange for unquestionable sovereignty and independence of Russia. Like, why are we here right now? And like, it'll never happen again. There is literally, I think it's the Budapest Accord that, that ugh, that's probably wrong. I don't know. But there, there is an accord, it's codified. It's, it should be a law that is to be followed, but Russia is just like, Nope. This is my country, though. Yeah. And Coco Twix, our country has committed plenty of crimes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's, that's so, uh, well, I, we're not innocent. Oh, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> we're the only country to have ever dropped atomic bombs. So. Right? Twice. Oh, yeah. Twice. Twice. Within like hours. <laughs> I've spent a lot of time on Twitter yesterday, which was not good for me, but yeah, I just kind of had to. to tell you to stop. <laughs> I had to do it. Uh, you went down the twit hole. For myself. Um, there was. I think that I actually made a friend though, <laughs> yeah. because this guy, uh, I think he was from Kazakhstan and uh, I, I tweeted something about just like um, not being in here for this war, like it needs to stop and like, you know, protect the Ukrainian lives. This guy responded to me and was like, you're so entitled, like white person, like go away, like you don't know what you're talking about. And I was just like. I'm literally from there. Like, <laughs> like, I feel like I can voice my opinion in this instance. Um, and uh, we started talking. He's like, he, he's very anti-West because of all the atrocities that the United States undeniably has done. Just look at the Middle East in general. And trying to like export. Abu grave. Oh, yeah. And like not even acknowledging all the atrocities that they've committed. Literally, journalists have to dig bodies out of the ground to confirm that the U.S. fucked up several I mean, times. Like this is not okay. Shit, internment camps. Uh, but mm -hmm. but but what I'm saying is like that doesn't really mean that the Ukraine has that it, it just can be attacked to pay for these crimes because Ukraine has nothing to do with that. Like this this is not a. The people of Ukraine, and again, I know that this sounds super privileged because I I am not from the Middle East and I can't, I, I have sympathized with, but I can't make any changes in what happened. I can make changes in what's happening right now in Ukraine. That's why we're talking about it today. And I have been outspoken in the past about not being on the side of West, trying to Westernize the entire world. So yeah, it's just weird. People are, then we became friends because he was like, okay. I see where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs> so like we started as like mortal enemies on Twitter, you know, like being snarky and shit. And they're like, okay. But that's what it is. Like, <laughs> you, you were able to have a conversation and push past the contention. And yeah. eventually somebody saw where you were coming from. But it could have. But that's, that's the thing. Like, I feel like a lot of people try to have these conversations and it ends where it ends at the moment where he was like, you're white. You have no idea what you're talking about. And then it just devolves into it. Right. You know, it just devolves into nothing. Yeah. So like, I don't know, man. I, I, just, I don't know. I don't know. It's like the people like people like us were innocent in all this kind of in that. Like nobody wants this to happen. 
but we're also the ones responsible for having the conversations with each other and having those conversations is getting more and more difficult by like the minute <laughs> you know not even by the day like literally by the minute. yeah maybe we need to just all start going to bars that think differently and having conversations with people I know where the Proud Boy Bar oh, is at here I'm in town. I'm not going You want to go to a Proud Boy Bar. Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> and be like, uh, hey, fellas. Hey, guys. <laughs> what What's up? It's your boy here. <laughs> Nuisance 88. Here to change your mind. All right. Next podcast from the Proud Boy Bar. <laughs> no. Yep. We're going to be like Joe I'm Rogan, except for we're a diverse cast, and I'm sure the Proud Boys will love and accept us. My Say God. what you will about the Proud Boys. There's plenty of proof that they are exactly Actually, who you think they are. You know what? I, I will shout out uh, this YouTube channel called uh, Soft White Underbelly. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's so funny. It's I I love that channel because it's it's this guy that like I think he lives in L.A. Um, and he just he just pays people to come and do an interview with him. Yeah. And it's people from all kinds of walks of life. Just all kinds of people from everywhere. A lot of them are like homeless people from Skid Row or like drug addicts and stuff. But there was one interview where he had he had it with like a KKK Grand Dragon, mm-hmm. and and he, and he was in his like garb and stuff. And it's just inter- I I really love that channel because it doesn't have any bias either way. He just pretty much he doesn't even ask them questions. He just turns the camera on. He kind of guides them into speaking, and then he just lets them go. And, yeah. then, and, and then you just have this person talking for like thirty minutes, and you get to understand. Like, I, I would really super recommend that channel if you mm-hmm. want to. If you want to just okay. see perspectives from different people from around the world, mm-hmm. and like even drug addicts, you know, like the like the lepers of society yeah. that that you'd be like, oh, that that's a bad person. But then you, but mm-hmm. then you, but then you hear them speak, and you hear their plight, and like their story, and how they got to this point, and it's just. I really love that channel. Well, then I'll say a shout out to Channel 5 as well because they do an interview with the QAnon uh, shaman. It's a 40-minute long interview with mm-hmm. him from prison. And it's amazing because like he doesn't goad him or ask him anything. He's just like, hey, let's... Uh, he starts talking with him. And this dude who you've seen in the Capitol while and out goes from being like, people are treating me bad here in jail. They're being racist towards me to this, 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 and that to fully mask off the most insane conspiracy theories you've ever heard that I've literally let my brain forget because they were that wild <laughs> to just being like, yeah. oh, like that's that's why you're in the fucking capitals because you happen to believe some of the most fringe, craziest shit and you didn't have to pull yeah. it out of them. Dude, talk for 40 minutes and just let it loose. That, yeah, that's the thing. Those are the, that's, that's the kind of shit to just, because it's hard to be biased in where you're just, a person's just being like, this is how I feel. Yeah, a lot of people are saying the no bias. I'm saying no bias because if you're familiar with the channel, if you watch the videos, he doesn't guide the conversation. He just mm-hmm. lets them go. Lets them present themselves. Yeah, he just lets them are. go. So that's why I'm saying no bias. Like he literally, like I've heard, I've seen interviews where people are, where it's like 30 minutes of like, oh, I understand this person. I see how they got here. Or there's some interviews where you're like, this is a shit person. This yeah. is a terrible, <laughs> terrible person. And he, you know, it's all fair game. Yep. It's, it's all, it's all. Like the there. Grand Dragon, I imagine, is going to be fucking ridiculous. But like a homeless it's, person who's and, addicted and to drugs want to be like. I saw that interview and like, if you didn't know he was part of the KKK, if you didn't know that side of him and you just had a arbitrary conversation about with him about just something normal. He would seem like a normal guy. He would yeah. just seem like a normal... He didn't he, mention anything in the interview about like the... He hate in him until that part of the conversation. The topic. Ah, you know, okay, you yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's interesting. David it really, Duke-ass motherfuckers. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. 
I keep a watch out for people like that for self-preservation, and I kind of know the dog whistles they use, but I feel mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Well. Oh yeah. Anything else? Um. Any closing words? I have closing words. Uh, I'll say my. Well, Mickey, you want to say yours, and I'll say mine, and Katie can say hers. Closing words, um, guys. Remember, as this uh, situation brews more and more, just keep in mind that this is governments playing their government game, and that the people here and that the people there don't want this, and just. Try not to let it get into your head that like, you know, don't don't blame like the citizens or of, of just don't make it a contentious thing where it's like those people are bad. No, those people are the same as you. Nobody wants this to happen right now. So just please keep that in mind. OK, uh, since Coco Twix just asked the question, I'm doing my final words. One, Coco Twix. Yes, we are still strong in hard power. But if you mean in soft power. Um, as in how we can affect the things around the world and our diplomacy around the planet. I think we're uh, not as strong in that. Hard power, yeah, this is the reason why none of us have free education or healthcare is because we have the largest military by like 10 times before the next handful of countries. So in that way, we have remained very fucking strong. Also, I did see the thing about the Nintendo Switch generation. We can use drones to bomb stuff still, so we're still strong. Also, plenty of us can still go out and get it. I know what the thing was saying. I understand that. I still think that we're strong. We do have army capabilities. Yada, yada, yada. My closing words are this. Um, Go out in the world. Do good for other people. Do good for yourself. Like, I know we all don't think World War III is going to happen anytime soon, but who fucking knows? We could all be dead tomorrow. We could all be wiped off the planet and nuked. If there is a person you want to kiss or tell that you love them, go fucking do that. Literally, go and live your life. Don't waste the last days you have on Earth doing nothing. Live to the fullest. Be a good person. Also, it is everyone's job to be politically active. There is literally, we're at a point in the world where no one can sit on the sidelines. Be politically active. Attempt to change your government for the better. Attempt to change your federal citizens for the better. Don't jump to violence. Listen if you have to. That's all. Just we can all do better. We can listen to the other side. I hate the other side. Mm -hmm. I do. I think that they're stupid and I think that they don't want to come to the table anymore because I think that they've been pushed so far right that they're too fucking far right and they need to be reined the fuck in. But we're not going to do it with violence. We're going to have to do it with conversation and education. And if we can get education better and all across the planet, we would all be doing better. So believe you me, do those that. conversations are frustrating <laughs> because, but we got to have them and we can't let it devolve into like a contentious thing. So follow Marquetta's example, stick through it and then you'll make a buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I do want to say that, um, I would like you guys to remember that you probably have much, much more in common with a person, an average ass person living their average ass life somewhere in Afghanistan or Ukraine or Russia or Czech Republic than you have with Elon Musk or with somebody so privileged and so detached from the reality you're living that you should probably not have so much loyalty for um, all those entitled people making decisions for you. Um, I think that that is a good mindset to have. I would like you guys to consider having that mindset because I feel like that would unify us as people in our struggle to have a more fairer world. Yep. We got Failwell. He came through. Shout out hey, to Failwell. What a boy. Shout out to Failwell. Um, and with that, 
I think we're going to close this podcast. I want to thank the Grab Normies the for allowing me the opportunity to speak on this topic today. It's not typical that we do such political conversations, but this is too fresh and too close oh. to my home that I really wanted this podcast to happen this way. Thank you, Mickey. Wait, 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 and thank wait, 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 you, Chris. Don't close yet. One, one last thing. Um, I, I wanted to shout out 11-Bit Studios. Oh, uh, yes. They're the creators of This War of Mine, and it's a game we will likely stream soon. Um, either Marquetta will play it or somebody will play it. Um, but we're going to be doing that. They pretty much put out a statement saying, like, we're against this shit. And, we like, should read it. Yeah. Go ahead. So 11-Bit um, Studios basically said, Today Russian military forces attacked the free country of Ukraine our neighbors. As a Polish game studio and creators of the globally recognized anti-war game, This War of Mine, one that directly speaks about the suffering and misery of civilians who are affected by war, we'd like to hereby announce our company's statement. We stand against Russian invasion of Ukraine. Just words would not would be empty without a meaningful act, though. And the timing is crucial. So the act is as follows. For the next seven days, which started yesterday, all profits from this war of mine and its DLCs on all stores and all platforms will go to a special fund. A week from now, this money will be donated to the Ukrainian Red Cross to directly support victims of war in Ukraine. So, so if you need a distraction from life, even though this is a pretty heavy game, you know, go go check this out. It's for it's absolutely for, it's for a good cause. Yeah, and it's actually a really good game. I've had it downloaded for months. I just haven't played it yet, but I know it's like it's pretty like. Oh, and it is currently on sale for five dollars. There you go for this purpose as five dollar well. holla. Five dollar even, even if you're not gonna play it, man, just fucking you know it's five bucks. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm sure that we will be streaming that soon. Um, yes, we'll try. <laughs> yeah. All right, raid. Well, we gotta do the outro and then raid. So. Outro. Raid. Wait, we did outro. We did the closing arguments. What, are, what do you want us ready? to do? Raid? What's, what's raid? Because it's about time for you to speak your mind. Super secret girls club. Super secret girls club.